1: Hey everybody, welcome back to On Deck, the PC gaming podcast that focuses heavily on the Steam Deck. I'm Bill, that's Lloyd. Hello Lloyd, how are
0: you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Bill. Feeling feeling refreshed and ready to talk about uh, Steam Deck. Absolutely.
1: Alright, before we do start talking about Steam Deck, uh, I do want to say a uh, big thank you to all of our supporters. If you've joined on the YouTube channel or if you... Uh, have just been sending in codes for us to give away on the community Discord, then thank you very much for that. We really do appreciate that. If you haven't joined our community Discord yet, head over to nerdnest.tv slash Discord, and maybe you can get yourself a free game as well as 2,000 other awesome friends to talk about. All right, Lloyd, let's kick things off with a discussion topic. And that Hmm. discussion topic was sent in by... Uh, Ben, they said, with so many input choices, I'd like to hear your experience with playing only with touching the screen, specifically something like Papers, Please, or something like a card game or a card game roguelike. Uh, Thank you, Ben, for sending that in. Lloyd, do you use the touchscreen on the Steam Deck for anything other than, oh, I have to use the touchscreen at this moment?
0: I do every once in a while, um, every every once in a while. Like, it, um, for example, Cult of the Lamb, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You get like a little a little progress meter um, showing you where you've been. Um, the same thing for a couple of the other games that I've been playing. And instead of like moving my mouse cursor over, I just like slide my thumb over and tap the screen to get rid of that progress bar or that little window, the, the little modal window that pops up. Um, that's usually how I've been using my touchscreen on my steam deck is mainly just to get rid of things like how oh, you're annoying, get away, um, type <laughs> thing, instead of, instead of moving my cursor either through the joystick or through touchpad over. Um, I haven't played any games where touchscreen is the main method of input. Um, I am not a big fan of touch gaming. Um, even though I used to be, I used to do a show called touch of gaming. In fact, uh, when, when this, these guys were new and, um, and a lot of games are coming out for them. And that was the only way to play them. Um, And, and after a few years of doing that, it's like, you know what buttons are better. (laughs) So I try to stay away from that. um, But it is nice to have that uh, functionality on the steam deck, just for, as I said, to get rid of little annoying pop-ups or close menus, or, or even to change weapons in some games where you can, you can just tap on the weapon uh, because they'll have like your, your little HUD in the bottom, right. Um, You can just tap on the weapon you want to choose. And then it, it, pops over. So uh, it's useful, but not something that I use a lot.
1: Yeah. So for, I, I'm with you 100%. I don't like touch gaming. I've never really been a fan of touch gaming. When the iPhones first came out and you could download apps and stuff, I tried it and I was always like, oh, this is really cool. And then 15 minutes later, I'd find myself playing something that had a controller. Uh, <laughs> so I I, I was never a fan of that. That being said, they they mentioned specifically a game that I happen to own, so I figured I would try it out, especially because it's a lightweight game, and that's Papers, Please. If you've never played Papers, Please, it's this really strange and very, very unique game where you play as uh, basically a, a customs agent in, I would say, a Western European country. And you play as this customs agent and people come through and it's got a very dystopian vibe to it. It's got a very uh, retro art style. Uh, And basically, they give you their passport. You interview them. You look at their passport. You look at the rules. You check their documents. And then you decide if you approve or disapprove whether or not they come in. Uh, So... I figured that's not going to take hardly any time for me to test this out. So I downloaded it. I installed it. Um, and it works fine. Like, the touchscreen is fine. But the the deck is too big and unwieldy to have one of your hands off of the grip for any length of time while you're playing it. I suppose you could, like, set it on a table in front of you. But if you're right. looking for a touch-first experience, then I would say don't get a Steam Deck. Get yourself uh, an iPad or, a, or or play games on your phone. In fact, Papers, Please, I think, just came out on uh, iOS or something like that. I, I think I remember seeing a tweet about that because it's a great game, and it is definitely a game that works great for touch, but the Steam Deck is not the place for you to do that, in my opinion.
0: Uh, have you ever yeah, played Papers, 100%. Please, Lloyd? I haven't. I, I own it, I think, on... I think I have a Steam copy. I think I got it from like a humble bundle, like way back Same. in the day, and it's not something that I've ever played. It it intrigued me when it first came out because of the kind of like time management, but it's time management based on how fast your cursor can move around to move these papers around and mm-hmm. find the things. Um, it, it's it's a game that I want to play, just not a game that I've ever played. Sadly, fair
1: enough. Let's talk about games that we have been playing. Both of us have been playing Cult of the Lamb. Uh, Lloyd, what was your experience
0: with this game? It just came out. Uh, what do you think about it? I am absolutely in love with it. In fact, it has taken over uh, my gameplay Oops. from everything else that I have been playing um on all my systems. Uh, i've uh, I've been incredibly addicted to Call to the Lamb. So it is a roguelite um dungeon uh, crawler type thing uh, where you're basically trying to get your your way through floors of a dungeon to kill a mini boss. After you do four mini bosses, you can take on the main boss and you have to kill five of these kind of like old God boss type things as you make your way through it. Um, which I love. I love uh, roguelite dungeon crawlers. Um, but then the other half of the game is this like village management um, system where you have to like torture your followers or, or encourage your followers or tell them to do this job or tell them to do that job you're building farm plots, you're, you're building places to chop wood and and farm uh, stone that you can use to build your stuff up. You have to make like porta potties. Otherwise, your your little guys are, are pooping and, and vomiting all over the place and you have to go clean that up manually. And both sides of Cult of the Lamb are equally as addictive. Mm-hmm. I, I find myself having problems tearing myself away from the city management part. Uh, because uh, as the days uh, tick through, you can do different things every day with your cultists to get more of the various currencies, whether it's um, devotion or other things. Uh, and I do that for a couple days in a row. And it's like, no, no, I need rock opponents. I need to go back to the dungeon. And then I do a bunch of dungeon runs in a row. And it's like, I'm neglecting my village. Got to go back to the village. Uh, it has this like really addictive, like pull and push um, aspect of, of its gameplay. And I I just absolutely adore it. And it plays fantastically on the Steam Deck, um, even though I've been playing it in a couple different ways. Uh, One, uh, I found, did you know, Bill, you can get Moonlight on your Xbox? Uh, There's a a Universal Windows app that you can install (laughs) on your Xbox. So I was playing Cult of the Lamb on my Xbox because that was the only way that I could do it on that television so I'm playing Cult of the Lamb on my PC. I'm playing it through Moonlight on my PC. I'm playing it on my Steam Deck. And it's just, it's been with me wherever I've been over the last few days. Um, yeah, I, I, so, suffice to say, I'm a big fan of it. game. Hey, have you run into any performance issues with the game at all? Not really any performance issues. I know on Steam Deck, I um, TPU limited to 10 watts because every once in a while, the fan would would kick into uh, turbo mode and uh, I didn't like that. So I, I TPU limited it uh, to 10 Watts. haven't really had any issues. I've had some weird bugs. Like um, I killed the second boss and when I killed him, he rocketed uh, like 500 feet off the screen <laughs> and it like the camera panned with him. Oh, uh, but then it came back to where I was and I couldn't access his body to end that, um, to, to end that thing, that, that part of the quest um, so I've seen a couple little bugs that way, but nothing performance-related on my Steam Deck. So I've been playing this game as well, and I
1: like Lloyd, I love it. One of the things that I love most about it is how short those gameplay loops are. Like, yep. you can go into a dungeon, or I think they call them crusade. you can go into a Crusade, and you can be done with that Crusade in 10 minutes. And yep. then you can choose to go on another one to get more raw materials, or you can go back in and do your your daily like quests and stuff like have a ritual tell your followers to fight each other to the death bring somebody back from the dead uh just straight up murder somebody as long as nobody <laughs> sees you um right. it, it basically feels like evil animal crossing Very and much. i really really like that and but those those that those gameplay loops also like the days go really fast i think i'm on like day 40 or something at this point and i have to uh, like the time management is kind of intense i have so much stuff to do like i'm like all right i gotta go fishing fishing takes way too long i don't really like the fishing aspect of the game um the mechanic itself um fishing takes a really long time and I got to stop by this lighthouse and collect some stuff from them. I got to go to the mushroom people and, you know, give them mushrooms. I got to come back to my town. I got to make sure that every follower I've spoken to and given them praise for the day, I have to give a gift to somebody. I have to indoctrinate the new followers and I have to make sure that I, uh, repair anything that's Uh, in disrepair, pick up any poop or vomit that's on the ground because, uh, you know, I didn't like the outhouse got full or whatever. I have all of these things to do. And you really do not have enough time to do all of it. So you're always making a decision of leaving something behind. I also really like the, the tech trees, like every single thing that you do in the game, there is a tech tree associated with it. Uh, and as you go down that tech tree, you always have to, you have to make decisions. I'm gonna take this. that means I can't take that. And so, like, for example, you can make it so that your followers will will be all set by eating grass meals because if you give them grass meals, generally that will make their faith go down. But you can make it so they're okay with that, or you can make it so that they're okay with eating other villagers. So there's like all these different ways that you can go. Yeah. And that's just one tech tree. There's all these other tech trees, the combat and the faith, and it's it's yeah. a ridiculously good game. I will it say is. that my it, I have to play on low because whenever I go to big rooms or if I come back
0: to my town, my frame rate just tanks. Oh, really? Uh, I'm, I'm playing at uh, 40 hertz. I have my screen set to 40 hertz. So I'm playing at 40 frames a second. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I could check my setting. I was Actually, playing I it on an Arcade 60. Paradise. Okay, so maybe that's part of it. I noticed on sixty, my little frame rate graph had a lot of peaks and valleys, Mm -hmm. Um, or I guess not the 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 time to generate the frame graph was peaks and valleys. So I dropped it to forty, and that kind of disappeared. There was little blips every once in a while, but uh, yeah, I think I'm playing. I think I'm playing on high um, because I I I copied my save from my PC or not copied it um, through steam cloud. Mm-hmm. And I believe my settings for my PC were pushed over to my steam deck. And I've just been playing with that, those settings after, mm, Okay, o- obviously with instead of playing in 4k, I'm playing at 720p. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, I, th- I think it's high or maybe I dropped some of them to medium or something. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't noticed any, any performance issues. It's been, it's been pretty rock solid for me.
1: Well, I'm, I'm playing on low and I can't really tell, like it looks great. It's a beautiful game and good it is, damn the art style is just fantastic it's it's got a lot of character uh what else have you been playing
0: lloyd um so a patch came out a couple days ago for arcade paradise um basically uh, the issue that i was having with that game on my steam deck was uh all the ui elements were off the bottom and top of the screen um and just to see whether it was a steam deck issue or if it was a resolution issue i started playing it at 720p on my pc and the exact same thing was happening so they just hadn't done what they had to do to get it running properly at 720p. Uh they put out a patch a couple of days ago. Uh I've been playing a lot of Arcade Paradise now that I can actually play it on my Steam Deck. I'm past the point where I've uh did my first full um renovation, so I added a new area for the arcade. Oh, cool. Uh I've I've bought just finished buying the last of the arcade machines that I have access to it keeps opening up in new and interesting ways. Like at the start of the game, your, uh, your father is the one that, that owns the laundromat and is trying to whip you into shape by working there to learn how to run a business. Um, Hates arcades. Just like, Oh, it's just a a big time waster. What are you doing? Wasting your time. Uh, But then after you do your first upgrade, all of a sudden this person gives you three daily tasks. And a lot of those tasks are playing arcade machines. It's like, Okay, dad, what are you doing here? All right, do you hate <laughs> machines or do you want me to play them? Um, but when you get those uh, daily tasks, um, he gives you um, actual money. So pounds, um, where the arcade and the laundromat uses uh, American currency or dollars, I guess. Um, so you have two different currencies in the thing. The The pounds that you get from doing your daily quests are used to buy upgrades to clothing and accessories and posters and your computer and the other things kind of in the background um, that aren't like directly arcade related. And then you use the money that you generate from your laundry uh, business or your arcade business to then buy more arcade machines and other things that way. So it kind of opened out um, a little bit and gave me some, some new things to do in the game and, and new things to plan for. Um, But it's just, it's fun. Like some days I'll, I'll do a whole day where I do no laundry. I don't pick up any garbage. I just go there and I just try to get high scores on all the arcade machines. Sounds like a teenager. Yeah. And and it's fun (laughs) and it's perfectly playable that way. And then other days it's like, okay, I really want to generate a lot of money. If I do a good job on doing this laundry, I get $30 every, every single load that I finish. So how many loads can I finish? How much garbage can I throw out? How many little gum things can I pull off the, the furniture and things like that? So it's very much like Cult of the Lamb. It's like every day is kind of different. I focus on different things, do different stuff. And yeah, it's it's really interesting to have kind of similar gameplay loops in two vastly different uh, video games. But finding myself do some of the same things between them. I absolutely, absolutely love Arcade Paradise. It's a game I've been looking forward to for I think well over a year now when I first saw the initial like kind of tease um, about it. I think it was E3, not the last one, but the previous E3. I think that's when it was kind of shown off initially. Um, so I've been waiting for this game for over a year and it did not disappoint. It's exactly what I wanted from a arcade time management game where you can actually play the arcade machine. So it's not like normal time management things where you're just seeing your little your little tune kind of playing with the, the joysticks or tapping on a computer or making... Whatever, depending on which time management you're playing, this is different because you can actually spend time and play the actual machines. And Bill, who doesn't want to play a GTA clone that is a cross <laughs> with Pac-Man, where you're where you're basically driving over money in the uh, in the maze with a, with a Lambo, and then when you get caught by the police, you run away, and then you can get in another Lambo and then keep driving, so you can continue your run at Pac-Man, which is really just gathering uh, money to do uh to do whatever you need to do with the money you're a criminal i don't know what you're going to do who doesn't want to play that game bill it's a it's a fun game (laughs) um but yeah the the really neat thing is all the arcade machines are kind of a take on a a popular game of the era but then kind of flipped a little bit to be similar to other games that we've played over the last like dozen years as well Mm. um yeah just so much fun man
1: that's awesome i i added that to my wish list it's definitely one that i Looking forward to picking up when I have a little bit more time. Uh, nice. I did pick up Cursed to Golf. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I got a review copy of it, and this game is amazing. It is everything that I said that the demo was before. You guys have got to try this game out. It is. I did a, a stream. I think it was yesterday. Maybe it was the day before. I can't remember. I streamed Cult of the Lamb, and I streamed uh, Cursed to Golf. And Cursed to Golf, you are a championship golfer. Uh, On the 18th hole, as you're about to seal your victory, you are struck by lightning. You are sent to golf purgatory. And in order to make your way out, you have to play through 18 holes of uh, golf where the golf course keeps changing. And it's a side-scrolling golf game. You have power-ups where you can freeze the ball in place. You can make it so it won't bounce anymore. You can change its direction mid-flight. You can explode dynamite with it because what golf course doesn't have dynamite and i i I played it i picked it up and i've been playing it for a couple of days i'm I'm like five hours in i have gotten to the to the first boss once and he just destroyed me absolutely destroyed well I really destroyed myself because I kept hitting it into a water hazard. I was so frustrated. (laughs) Uh, But the game is really good. You've got... When I first started playing it, I was like, okay, this isn't going to take long to beat. I thought, I can get through 18 holes of this fairly easily. The thing is, is that when you perform poorly on a hole, that means that you are dead and have to start all the way over. So imagine you're on hole 17 and you don't make par you're dead because it's a roguelike or they like to call it a golf like and you are back to the very beginning this game is awesome uh it just came out on august 18th and i absolutely think everybody needs to pick this up it's it's on all of the platforms but i'm playing it on steam deck and on my pc it's wonderful wonderful game i'm loving it did you you haven't had a chance to try out the demo for this yet have you
0: Uh, i played the demo uh, back oof, months ago, a couple months ago, a month ago, whatever it was. Um, it's a game that's on my wish list. Uh, I'll probably pick it up when it, uh, when it drops on a mega sale down the road. I just have too much on my plate right now.
1: Absolutely. All right. Uh, you've also been playing a game called Hexen. Now that makes <laughs> me think of a really, I remember the first laptop that I bought. I was living, mm-hmm. I was uh, stationed at Goodfellow Air Force Base in Texas and I was getting, uh, uh, PCS, that's permanent change of station, uh, to Arizona. We were going to, uh, Fort Huachuca, Arizona is where I was moving and I picked up a, a laptop and my buddy was driving and I was playing Hexen on my laptop in the back seat as we were driving, uh, to Fort Huachuca, Arizona. My battery did not last very long, <laughs> uh, but
0: this was a very long time ago. Is this the same Hexen? <laughs> It is. I've been playing. um, Well, there's uh, I guess QuakeCon happened this week. So there's there's been sales on id software games um, everywhere. Crazy. Uh, So I I believe Heretic and Hexen are part of PC Game Pass. I, I didn't want to fool around with that. I just bought them on Steam because they were. Uh, there was a four four games right. for like three dollars yeah. or whatever it was or three, three I guess yeah three dollars US I think it was like three eighty Canadian you can you buy Hexen Heretic, for a buck fifty <laughs> exactly um, so Heretic and Hexen they're Doom but with um, role playing game elements to it so you have a different character class you can fire magic and things like that uh, they're so much fun and I I wanted to see how these would play on the Steam Deck. And I'll tell you, Bill, you're going to get way more battery life playing Hexen <laughs> on your Steam Deck than you did on your old laptop. Um, the the one thing I wanted to mention here, because these are old games and I haven't been playing them that much. But when you download them and install them, when you first boot them up, a little DOS box uh, pops up and you actually see like the bias and you auto, auto run dot, uh, auto exec dot bat. <laughs> all these things happen. Then it's like hexen.exe, dot exe and then boom, your your thing pops up. Uh, because it installs DOSBox and it and it and it runs a uh, uh, I guess an emulated version of a Windows box. Because these are such old games, if you try to install them on modern PCs, they're they're not going to run so well because of timing issues and various other things. So I just wanted to see how they would run on the Steam Deck, and they run perfectly well. Um, I can't get over the fact yet that. By default, you can only really control yourself with the right analog stick. So you're strafing forward and back and everything on the right analog stick just with the default controls. Your your left analog stick really does nothing. Um, so I'm going to have to mess around with my controls a little bit because that's uh, that, that, that doesn't work with my brain. My, my brain is very confused when I'm just moving with the right analog stick and my left one is just sitting there doing nothing. So um,
1: that's, that's because this is a game... It was all played on keyboard. Not keyboard and mouse, mind you. Exactly. Keyboard. Yep. So for the young people who don't remember this, you would control your character with the arrow keys. Yep. And you would shoot using, like, the control key. And that's how you played. I remember distinctly when Quake first came out. And they were like, use WASD. And I said, are you out that's of your mind? Why would I use WASD? Why am I using the mouse? Why, why can't that I just hit no control? Sense. So, like... <laughs> That's why it's all
0: bound to the right joystick is because Yeah. That's the But that's I would expect the, it <laughs> I would expect ahead. it to be on both or whatever, so that they would like have the, the same controls on both. So mm-hmm. I mean I could I could obviously do that myself. Yeah. But it was just it was weird out of the box. I'm like, I'm hitting forward. Why why isn't this working? And then I do an attack and I go backwards and it's like, okay, this this is not working. And then I realize holding up on the left or the right analog stick and I start going forward and I'm like Okay, my brain is apparently way too old to uh, to grok this right now. I need to uh, take a little bit of a break, uh, which I did. But yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been fun kind of going back through some older titles that I played back in the day and like old, old like DOS games that Mm -hmm. ran in Windows 95 and booting them up to see how they perform and having them work and having them performance and the controls not be completely horrible. I mean, sometimes they're completely horrible, but not all the time. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's fun to get in there and mess around with this stuff. I also played, uh, Doom, uh, because that one was in my library. Uh, and they recently, um, id Software recently did a, a, a cleanup on Steam. So if you owned one particular version of a game, they might've bundled it with some other things. So, uh, other things got added to your library and stuff like that. So if you have, if you owned the original Doom, you now own final doom and a couple other things. They were just all added into the same package if you didn't already own them. Um, so I've been checking out some of that stuff as well. And yeah, man, uh, it's been, it's been really fun to go through, uh, these old games on my steam deck.
1: That's awesome. I'm trying to think of how, like in the game, is it set up that it's detecting a keyboard or is it
0: detecting a gamepad? I, I think it's only detecting the keyboard. Okay. Uh, I didn't just the fact that you're booting into DOSBox. um, like old old keyboard stuff or old joystick stuff was really finicky back in the day mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it is detecting a, a gamepad uh, I'd boot it right now but I'm in the middle of uh, an arcade paradise run and I don't want to <laughs> lose my bonus so I'm gonna I'm schooling steal, my steam deck over here just to chill
1: and before all of the comments come in Lloyd you know you can load both games at the same time
0: we know I can <laughs> I, could. I could but I won't it's I won't. just a PC
1: <laughs> Lloyd anyway uh, all right let's move on to uh the the first topic which, this is very interesting. Um, uh, what's his name? Oh, my God. Plague too. 2. What is his name? Uh, Pierre Lug- oh, Yeah, thank you. Pierre, Pierre Uh He tweeted this out. He said, "...unfortunate that upstream GLibC discussion isn't coming out strongly in favor of prioritizing compatibility with pre-existing applications." every such instance contributes to damaging the idea of desktop Linux as a whole as a, I'm sorry as a viable target for third-party developers. It is unfortunately yet another entry in a growing list over the years. We are very interested in helping with any underlying resource constraints. So what he's talking about there is Glib C well actually you know what let's let's get to uh, what Luca had sent in on uh, Discord they said Glebc, is a library for Linux, similar to .NET on uh, Windows, that usually a lot of prob, uh, programs rely on, um, but that in a lot of cases are managed by the OS. But even when installed by the app, needing in the issue can become a newer version is needed by, more frequently, by a more frequently updated program, which updates it, breaking an older program, not ready for the breaking changes. So essentially what's happening here is, is glibc is this thing that exists in, in linux that a lot of third parties use that thing and I'm, I'm trying to bring it down to you know the easiest to understand terms and then when they update glibc for a new thing sometimes it breaks old things and that's essentially what valve is ta- or uh, um, pierre lucrefy is talking about here when he says this is making Linux as a whole look bad and it scares people off from doing development for Linux and Valve wants to help with that. What is your reaction to that, Lloyd? Cause I thought that was super interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, GLib C has been in there in the world since like 80 late eighties. Yeah. Um, it's been something that's been worked on for a while. And if you are, if you've ever run a Linux box most of the applications you're running, either a command line or or an xterm, they're probably using parts of glibc. Like if you've ever opened a file or closed a file or allocated memory, uh, if you if your program ever allocated memory, it's probably using uh, the the glibc libraries to do that. Um, so the thought that additions to it could break all of that old stuff is is very scary, and yeah, it, it it's worrisome from. From like a, I don't know, a, a platform-specific thing. It would be like if Microsoft went in and destroyed something that was Win32. Um, so all these old Win32 apps wouldn't run. Of course, we're in 64-bit Windows, but let's let's pretend we're we're back a few years. Um, making a making a change to one thing might have invalidated thousands and thousands of applications. So Microsoft didn't ever want to do that. Seeing that stuff happening on Linux is super scary. Um, hopefully, Valve can can kind of do what uh, what they did with Proton, kind yeah. of assist here and and make it better than it, it ever was. Proton was around for a long time, and I'm not saying that um, that um, Valve invented it, but having having them assist with that program has made it better. Has made thousands of more games uh, co- like playable on Linux boxes just because they're working on something called the Steam Deck. It would be great to see if uh, if valve could assist with that somehow as well absolutely all right let's move
1: on to our next topic this one comes into us from the rom 3 they said i just ran a quick errand and i tried the deck on the go for the first time i set it to the new and improved offline mode which we will talk about in just a little bit uh and was able to play vampire survivors and lazarus project Uh, that's the game you recommended last time right lloyd awesome okay without problems in the bus not really a stress test but i thought that i would report so for those of you that don't know what they are talking about we did get a new patch and that new patch i think it was in beta for like a day before it got pushed out to everybody really strange uh but here's the big stuff they have offline mode fixes Uh, We're continuing to look at making the user experience of playing games without an internet connection a better, more intuitive experience. We fixed the issue where rebooting while in Steam offline mode would cause games to fail to launch. They fixed the cloud sync error notification popping up when offline and disabled Steam offline mode button when not connected to the internet as trying to do this currently sets Steam Deck into a bad state. This change disables this button, but does not in any way affect your ability to play games without an active internet connection. So real quick, let's talk about offline mode and how Valve, I mean, we talked about it last episode, and you should definitely go check that out. But Valve is kind of backed into a corner here. I don't know that they have any solution other than putting a tag on games that say required internet connection because the like all these games that are on PC, they were made before the steam deck came out and yeah, there were laptops, but I don't know. It seems because it's so, so much of a consoleized experience, it seems like it's not okay for that, for those games not to work when you don't have an internet connection on the steam deck but it was more widely accepted when people ran into the same issues on a laptop. And I'm not saying I agree with DRM because I, I don't. It doesn't actually help. Um, but it seemed more acceptable on laptops than it does on the Steam deck. What, what do you think about that, Lloyd?
0: Yeah, it's it's really tough because valve is trying to um, they're, they're trying to like corral kittens right now, <laughs> and every time they put one into the corral, a couple jump over and, and run away. Uh, Because as you said, like Windows games have been around forever and ever since like the early 2000s, many games come out expecting to be online at all times. They're they're talking to servers. They're they're using APIs to get like high scores back and forth. They're they're doing a lot of things. And if you ever tried to play some of those games when you're offline, they didn't work so well. And then on, on top of it, when Steam came out and got really big, they started to focus a lot on having to be online because they didn't want people to start the same game up on 18 different computers, unplug them from the internet and then have the ability to, uh, to to play 18 copies of the same game in like a, um, an internet cafe or something Mm -hmm. like that. So they've had to deal with it one way. um, Developers dealt with it another way. And then now they have this new device, which is like neither of those things. And it's like, Oh crap, what do we do now? Um, I think the changes that they made are, are good. Mm -hmm. um, But like, they're going to have to, I don't know, like like you said, target or tag games that require like an initial download have to be online for the initial download or to be always online. those need to be more um apparent when you when you install them or something. Something needs to pop up or, when when he uh, says initial download, I think you mean initial start, yeah, sorry right. the initial okay. download after you start the app for the first time because right. a lot of games will download textures or whatever mm-hmm. um, after you you boot them for the first time. Um, a lot of those things need to be more apparent because like you talked about last week with your son, um, wanting to play monster hunter and all of a sudden it's like, oh, it needs to download all this stuff. What the heck? Um, that, that happens a lot of the time. Um, but again, they're, they're giving you a portable PC and this is a PC issue, not a, a steam deck issue. Yes. So I don't know. I don't know how they're going to solve this issue, but they can, they can kind of, um, I don't know buff out the the rough edges a little bit and and give um the end user a little bit more knowledge so that they can make those determinations themselves if they want why
1: why do you think that people i mean i'm not going to say that everybody was okay with it before but why do you think that people were a little boy they were less vocal about it when it was a laptop issue he's holding
0: up his nintendo switch audio listeners because of this people uh, bought a switch they love it they play games on the go they dock it play on the television everything works everything's great uh, some games won't if they're like Splatoon 3 obviously it's not going to work if you're not connected to the internet but for the most part most games work that way and then those same people buy a steam deck and it's like what do you what do you mean what do you mean I can't play this game I just bought when I'm not connected to the internet I wanted to play it when I'm out camping I could do that on my switch that's that's mainly, I, I think, would be the main reason. People are used to doing these types of things, and now they have a new device, and they're wondering why it can't do that same stuff.
1: I feel like it's almost a different audience, because the people who are gaming laptop aficionados, like that's a different audience than people who were Switch users. And the Steam Deck is attracting both of those categories, I think. And because it's attracting both of those categories, there's going to be a lot of people who've never had that experience before. Whereas the people who've been playing on gaming laptops are like, yeah, we know it sucks. That's how it goes. And all of the Nintendo Switch people are like, well, this is ridiculous. And I agree with both of them. <laughs>
0: yep. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you fully there. It's just, it, it's this is a, a new thing for a lot of people that have maybe never gamed on PCs. So it's going to take a little bit of time for them to... um I don't know, get into the habit of starting all their games uh, for at least once before they, they get into a car and drive across country because you never know if your game's going to work that way.
1: Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to our next uh, main topic for today. And this one comes up into us from Link789. They said, I just saw this tweet that Valve is starting beta testing on SteamOS 3.4 beta, which is going to be moving to a new base of ARCH. Or ARK. Don't yell at me. I don't care. Uh, I don't really use Linux. Is this the kernel thing that you guys talked about last episode? What features could we get with this update? Uh, And so if you don't know what they're talking about, here's the tweet from Plagman2 or Pierre Lugrify, whose name I forgot at the beginning, and I apologize. He says, SteamOS 3.3.1 is now pushed to stable with performance fixes previously in beta. We're now working on the upcoming 3.4 beta, which will include an update to Archbase. So, Lloyd, is this the thing where we're getting the, the new, where they're moving from um, 5.13 to 5.19? Is that what that means?
0: Up potentially um, maybe maybe not it, it all depends how their beta process goes I would think that would be how they would be introducing um, something like that the, the new kernel new kernel features new kernel upgrades and other mm-hmm. things would be with uh, like a, a, a full dot number mm-hmm. number scheme um, it might actually be something that would be like 4.0 I, I would think if you're if you're moving that far ahead um, on your Linux kernel you, you'd think you'd want to like signify that with a with a full version release, but um, since they called this SteamOS three, we're gonna probably be under SteamOS three for a while. So yeah, yeah, 3. That 4, makes sense. Three point four would uh, make sense to me where where those things would start rolling out. But for me, the more important thing is if they if they start taking or taking if they start upgrading more of the base OS, um, it's going to bring more security fixes. It's going to bring um, different performance things using different memory timing or different this or different that newer technology that comes out um, will sometimes generate different fixes to the, the linux kernel as they better support these things um, getting more of that stuff into um into the steam os would be a great thing um, but yeah it's going to be a slow rollout over over time it's going to be it's going to be honestly really interesting to see what steam OS was at 3.0 and what it's going to be at 3.9 in in say like a year or whatever, how much different the, the core components, how much faster it is, how much more performant it is, um, running like the, the OS in the background when a, when an app is running, I'm really, really curious to see all that stuff, uh, plays out just because this device is just so new to everybody.
1: Well, and now that they have it in many hands, we'll talk about how many hands in a little bit, uh, now that they have it out there, um, They're getting so much more data than they ever had before. Like, they couldn't possibly get this much data in the lab testing just them. Now that there's tons of these devices out there, um, it's like they're going to get so much more data, which makes the refining process much better and smoother. But what's hilarious to me, you're talking about point updates and SteamOS 4.0 or whatever, this device, I've had mine for about 6 months. I in fact I'm probably going to be doing a 6 months video coming up pretty soon. I've had this device for about 6 months and they have already gone from 3.0 to 3.4. They're almost halfway through. If <laughs> if they if they do things. like that's crazy to me. How fast that they are updating. When you look at a, a Mike uh, uh uh an Xbox or a PlayStation or a, a Nintendo, like you might get a, a, one operating <laughs> system update in a year, maybe. Right. And one we've had one. yeah so many and yeah. like the the fact that we had that beta and the beta yeah. was in beta for the offline mode for a day. Mm-hmm. D- do you think that's too fast?
0: <laughs> I I don't know. I, I mean, I use a lot of open source software, um like server software and stuff, and it is regular to see multiple updates a week sometimes. And it's like, OK, I can't I, I can't keep up upgrading these things uh, because I have to take the system down or I have to read what other what other things could be affected by this. Um, so it is pretty common in open source. But this this is an open source um, system that is the, the core of a five hundred dollar device, and you, you'd expect to be a little bit slower if there was <laughs> right. a chance of bricking these million devices that are out in the the real world. But apparently they're 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 really good at what they do, and uh, pushing that stuff out so quick is uh, is a really good thing. I, I guess the offline mode was just uh was a major hot button thing for them. They were probably getting a lot of complaints. So. Uh, they they had a fire lit under their butts to get this uh, sorted out as quickly as possible. I guess.
1: Yeah, we talked about the offline mode last episode, and I had a bunch of people that had left comments. They're like, "Thanks for talking about it. Valve fixed it because of you guys." No, that's not <laughs> why. Valve fixed it because they were working on it already. We just happened to complain about it at the same time. Uh, but it is nice to see that they really do listen to the community as well. All right, uh, let's move on and talk about this. We talked to we we um, alluded to it a little bit. Uh, this one comes to us from deck fan. They said, Hey, Bill and Lloyd just saw this tweet from on deck. Looks like they are spent speeding up shipments yet again. I'm still waiting for mine. I'm Q4, but fingers crossed. I get pushed to Q3 here. My question is, why do you think they're able to ship things so much faster now than than what they could at launch? If they were making the decks this fast back in March, we'd all have our decks already. What gives? Loves the Love the show, deck fan. And right, if you don't know what they're talking about, here's the tweet from On Deck. That's the official uh, Steam Deck Twitter. They said, Hi all, just a quick note that starting with this morning's batch of Steam Deck order invites, we've increased the number of emails we're sending out again. We're excited to get more of these into your hands. Order emails are sent out on Mondays and Thursday mornings, PT. Stick around at the end of the show for me to talk about Monday and Thursdays, by the way. Uh, All right, Lloyd, let's talk about this question. Why didn't Valve ship these things faster? Like, Why are they ramping up
0: production now? Why didn't they already have these things made? Yeah, I'm going to say... I'm going to say something that is probably not exactly correct, but it it shows what's going on in our industry right now, or the games industry, the PC hardware industry, and crypto. As soon as crypto started tanking, uh, all of a sudden you could buy GPUs. You could buy a 3080, where for the longest time you couldn't buy a 3080. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the chips that were going towards making new video cards that were being used just to mine cryptocurrency are now being sold to real people that actually want to use them for real things, like play video games. Um, I don't know why that's real compared to other stuff, but just um, just just hang with me while I talk about that. <laughs> um, so what I'm thinking is that the the cost or not the cost the um, the supply chain to make all of these cards as quickly as they could was being f- um, w- was being saturated um, with with orders to make GPUs. Now that GPU sales have started to fall, and you can see. Like, uh, there was a card that was on like $900 off, which is crazy talk when you, when you look at GPU prices from before, um, there's less being, uh, being produced. So maybe those core components are now available for other things like the steam deck. So other components that would have been used in the devices that are being made, other, other components that have been used in the servers or the PCs that were, that were earmarked for this type of stuff are now being, um, Uh, put back out onto the market and be able to be gobbled up by other companies like uh, valve. So probably not a direct correlation, but there's been a huge change to, um, just supply supply chain times all over so memory storage a bunch of stuff that was really expensive to buy now or if you wanted to wait for it to fall to the cheaper prices you're waiting months for delivery those lead times have dropped by a lot and it seems to all be related to uh, crypto crashing uh the, the slowdown um, because of COVID, <laughs> making factories shut down for, for weeks at a time. It seems like all those things have kind of cleared up all around the same time, meaning that Valve can ship more. It could also be that they had these devices earmarked for their expansion to new countries. But maybe those uh, the logistics to set up the supply chain and all mm-hmm. that stuff is taking a little bit longer. So now they're able to take those devices and actually use them to ship to people that have already paid um, while they wait to get those logistical issues sorted out for kind of like the, the Japanese market and stuff like that could be a couple different reasons, but it's great that it's, it's kind of all come down to this meaning people are getting their, their decks a lot faster. I I think I remember Bill on the discord, someone was at 23%. uh, It was a UK 64, a UK 64 gig and they got their email the next week because they just, push that many devices out. Yeah. Um, hopefully they can keep doing that because um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people hungry f- to get these devices in their hands.
1: Yeah. You know, the, the whole, the, the crypto thing I agree with a hundred percent, the different countries thing, I'm not sure, or different regions. I don't think I agree with that necessarily. And the reason why is because when they, and maybe you're right, I could be wrong about this, but when they announced the, the expansion into like, Uh, Japan and stuff um, they basically said don't worry this is a separate pool of devices and so Mm -hmm. I feel like they are probably doing uh, separate pools and that's why like that's why I don't necessarily agree with what you said there that being said I think there's also another reason and that's that I think that they may have maybe I'm wrong but maybe they were being a little conservative at the beginning because the worst possible thing for them would be to have these things sitting in a warehouse, just yep. collecting dust. And they kind of ran into that issue in the past with the Steam controller and the... Well, I don't know if the Steam machines, I think they were just licensing that, so I don't think that was it. But, um, but with the Steam controller, which is an amazing device, but people weren't willing to try it because it didn't have two joysticks and a D-pad it like they they didn't have those things and so that that thing just sat in the warehouses and on, when they finally lost the lawsuit for the back paddles on that thing and then had to just liquidate everything they sold them for 5 bucks a piece um yep. which is crazy because it's a it's an amazing device but they didn't want to get get bit by that same dog again where They've got these things sitting in a warehouse, just collecting dust, and that's a bunch of money that is just gone. There's nothing you can really do to get it back. So, I think that the combination of the crypto stuff and the supply chain issues all like getting a little, um, little breathing room. A little, yeah. Thank you. A little breathing room allows them to ramp up production. But I think at first they were purposely constraining production. In order to make sure that they didn't get, you know, caught with their pants down, which happened to them before, so that's that's what I think is going on. Um, but then I was like, you know what? With you know, Lloyd mentioned that Discord member who went from twenty percent to having theirs. Uh, so I tweet. I, I didn't tweet this out. I put this uh this poll on um YouTube. God, sorry words. <clears throat> I put this poll on YouTube. And that's the wrong button. And I said, this is just yesterday. I said, been a while since I asked this one, do you have a Steam Deck yet? This was yesterday that I posted this. So far, almost 2,000 people have voted. 64% of the people who responded to this said that they have one. 9% said that they're expecting to get theirs in Q3. 16% said that they're expecting to get theirs Q4. 2% 2% said t- 2023 and 8% said that they're not getting one. But that 64% is huge. That is a giant increase since the last time that I asked that question. What do you what do you think
0: Lloyd? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it just shows uh I mean the the audience for the channel has grown a lot uh by people that really love the Steam Deck, so it makes sense that your captive audience would also have Steam decks, but it also means they've shipped a lot of these things uh, because you can't have like 64% of 2000 people, uh, a small slice of the, the general gaming audience um, come out and say that they, they already have one. So um, yeah, it's, it's great to see. I, I, want to see the total ship numbers. Like I, I wish valve would be a little bit more open with that because it would be nice to know, like there's estimates that there's a million in the wild right now. It would be great to know if that's the case. Um, you can anecdotally, you can look at the um, the number of people using Linux now compared to a year ago has gone up a couple percentage points. Mm-hmm. They're seeing more people play Steam games on Linux. That's gone. That's ticked up a bit. So you can you can do some math and uh, we'll let all the uh, the, the statistician, stat, stats people um, that that are really good at breaking apart those numbers and trends and whatnot figure that stuff out. But man, I I want I want to know Uh, just just for curiosity. It doesn't really mean anything, uh, but it would be nice to know if there's a million of us out there or half a million or more than a million. uh, Hopefully near the end of the year, or maybe closer to the six month um, official shipping date, not the the review unit shipping date that we'll we'll get some numbers uh, out from Valve. But yeah, um, back to the original uh, tweet from Steam Deck increasing numbers again is just a good thing. And if people are getting their, their devices quicker, uh, the complaints I've valve has had my $5 for a year. Well, I I want my steam deck already. Uh, those things are going to start to go away because the people that are starting to wait or that are continuing to wait are more and more people that, um, have ordered since, uh, the steam deck has come out, uh, that they've seen the reviews, they've seen the performance and they want one. So those complaints are going to go away soon. Uh, Probably not soon enough for a lot of people, um, but yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get millions of these things out into the market in the first year, and it's just gonna be it's gonna be crazy for the gaming industry as a whole. Yeah, I'm curious if we're gonna see these in retail. That would be really great down the road. I, I, I would say maybe in year two of the Steam Deck, maybe they can start doing stuff like that. But yeah, they're. They're making them as fast as they can, and and they and orders are piling up. So um, yeah, it would be great to see. I don't know what stores they would put them in, though. It'd probably have to be like a Best Buy or something, I guess.
1: Yeah, oh it, yeah,
0: because I mean, you think of it this way: G- GameStop won't won't sell these things.
1: <laughs> well, I, I don't, I I don't disagree with you that they're not motivated to sell these things,
0: but they carry like an Xbox digital version, right? Sure, but they get de- they get decent. Um, they get decent money for selling them. Um, they get the, uh, especially if they sell them as part of a bundle, they get uh, they get the bounty paybacks or whatever. Uh, but also they're selling physical games um, in the Xbox ecosphere as well. So even if if you buy a digital version, they're still getting enough people buying the yeah, non-digital true. version. Where this device, like I, I try going to uh, what used to be EB Games. They've um, since renamed up here in Canada. So they're GameStop as well. They don't even have Steam cards anymore. They're like, yeah, oh, no, really? we haven't had them. We haven't had them for three months. Uh, we have an order in. I think when they come, when they come in, they come in. So if you're looking to add Steam credit uh, in Canada, it, it's, it's at least in Winnipeg, I don't know if it's in other parts of Canada, you can't find Steam cards anywhere. So it, I, I don't know if that's a GameStop sort of divesting themselves from from that because they see the the competition, or if maybe they're just not super uh, motivated to order more and they're okay letting letting that lag a little bit as they make their way towards it but uh yeah i'd be very surprised if these ended up in um in, in like a game stop in the future but i could see best buy and other other bigger Walmart's like walmart amazon sell them direct yeah i could see stuff like that as well
1: yeah i, I just went to because you mentioned that you couldn't find um Steam cards, and I was like, I feel like I remember trying to buy a Steam card for somebody on Amazon, and it was like more expensive. Like, <laughs> you buy it, it was like if you buy a $200 Amazon gift card, it was $240, and, and that's because they don't sell them officially there. Um, right. but I typed in Steam, first thing that came up, Steam Deck. Oh, <laughs> so well,
0: that could also be your browsing history. That's true, <laughs>
1: I guess. Damn you. Big brother or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Before we get out of here, I just want to say this is Lloyd's last episode and I'm super sad about that. But, you know, I wish him well and I couldn't ask for a better co-host to spend time with every Sunday for the past four Four years. years. So uh, thank you so much for for being here and being part of the show. I really do appreciate it. Um, For those of you who are like, well, what's going to go on with the show? I don't know. Uh, I haven't, I, I'm i on the lookout for possible co-hosts down the line, but what I'm going to be doing is on Mondays at 4.30 U.S. Eastern here, uh, youtube.com slash NerdNest, 4.30 U.S. Eastern, I'm going to do On Deck Live. So I will still have a co-host. It will be all of you in the live chat. So I hope that you guys will come there. And then on Thursdays, I will do games with bill same time slot on Thursdays uh, live. We'll try that out and see how that goes. While I am in search for somebody to sit on the right hand side of my screen, Lloyd uh, before we wrap up or well,
0: as part of wrapping up, I guess you want to say goodbye. Yeah, no, it's uh, like Bill said, it's been, four years which is just ridiculous talking about uh, stadia stuff um before stadia was up uh now talking about on deck uh stuff um it's it's been so much fun i really loved the live shows i i did miss going to this um kind of pre-recorded stuff uh it was really great hanging out with uh with the people getting to know the community and uh we'll still do that through the discord and stuff like that and um, as I said before, this might not be the end, uh, but it's the end for now. So uh, look forward to see what happens here on the channel I help build to twenty thousand. People think I'm crazy walking away after twenty thousand subscribers, but uh, I got to do what's best for for me and my my head and my family. So uh, yeah, I'm rambling now, so I'm just gonna stop. Take it easy, everybody. It's been a blast spending Sundays with you here on deck.